Hello, and welcome back to Now Screaming. Episode 100! 100! I'm Ben Culbertson. And I'm Liz Smart. And we have been watching all the horror movies available for streaming on the internet. So you didn't have to. I feel like that implies that we're done. This will not be the last episode. No, but you ha- you haven't had to watch them, and you're not going to have to watch them unless you want to. That's our guarantee. We have been watching them, and we will continue <laughs> to watch them. This is our 100th episode. It's so exciting. We've been doing this podcast for nearly five years. That's insane. Yeah, we started fall of 2016. Wow. It's really exciting. So much has happened... For us as people, for the world at large, for horror as a genre, it's just been a nutty five years. Wow. Time, I didn't really think about that. Time like the really time that it, yeah. do pass, doesn't, doesn't she? She do be passing. <laughs> this episode will be an opportunity for reflection and yeah. looking ahead. A we, retrospective. We will not be discussing any one film in particular, though we will be rolling the roulette at the end. We will. A classic return to the roulette. But stick around uh, if you have listened and have enjoyed our podcast at any point in the last five years. First and foremost, thank you. Yes, thank you so much to everyone who's ever listened and tweeted with us and recommended movies to us. And Even if you've never contacted us on social media and you've just listened, or if you've told a friend, hey, yeah. you might like this movie that I just heard about on this podcast. Yeah, thank like, you. Thank you for being a part of this journey. Uh, when we started this, I don't think that we thought that anyone would really be listening. It was kind of just an excuse for you and I to talk about horror, horror movies. Horror movies, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And people listen to it, and that's really meaningful, and I don't want that to go un... Spoken. Yeah, un- yeah unappreciated. I agree. So, thank you, t- you listening to this right now. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. So we got some fun stuff planned. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is a great transition into, like, we've been doing this for five years, and I thought it might be fun to talk about, like... How do you feel like you, as a viewer of horror movies, like, how have you grown or changed? How your tastes have, you know, developed? And again, it's been like a a wild five years in terms of, like, what's come out that's new and also what we've um, learned about and visited and revisited. So what do you you think? I I mean, I know. I feel like I've been talking about my, my particular horror journey for the past few years, but I'd love to hear yours. Interestingly enough, I think that I've sort of actually been hinting at this on our past few film episodes. I think that from where I was as a horror watcher five years ago to today, a different kind of lower brow schlock than I did then. Hmm. And I am much less, I think, impressed and excited by what we sort of jokingly, both out of love and derision, call elevated horror. I think five years ago... Mm-hmm. At the vanguard of that, that was very much my bag. And again, as I've implied a little bit lately, I think I'm a little tired of it. I'm tired of the feelings-based uh, horror. Yes. And am much more the trauma into... metaphors and, and the, the like. Yeah, the, the trauma and the, the psychological aspect. Again, not that I don't have the capacity to be like really excited and blown away by one now. I it mean, might just take more. For example, I loved Midsommar, right? Yeah, but one true. of the things that I loved about Midsommar and Hereditary, actually, both of which fall into the category I'm talking about, is that they embrace, like, silly, lurid horror tropes, right? Mm-hmm. They get, like, weird and wacky and unequivocally, like, leaning into pulp stuff. And I think well, that yeah, that's, I think that's, that's, that's what I, I liked five years ago and I like more now. A lot of the, like, pulpier, sillier, even sometimes cheaper versus, I think, the more intellectual, psychological stuff that... I was more excited by five years ago. Yeah. I think what I'm sort of sensing, I think that there is a movement also against this is like, there's a a respectability about it of trying to normalize horror for the non horror fan. And that's why people are so tempted to call it psychological thrillers. Right. Cause I don't even want to call it horror, but now it's like, Oh no, it's elevated horror. It's this shame of loving horror. So we have to like, we have to make it elevated and we have to yeah. make it like prim and pretty. And so it all, so there's no, there's no allowance for what I think is like, what's the word I'm looking for here? Like the way that horror was once and, I like when it continues to be kind of like on the fringes of society. Yeah, like a cult thing for enthusiasts. Yeah. For freaks. But even yeah, I was right? gonna say the freak aspect, like the um God, there's a word I'm searching for. Like the de- the degeneracy of it. I think about it a lot in terms of um 
and not that I am fully endorsing this, but the way that like Joe Bob's last drive in on shutter is very much about like, we're a bunch of weirdos coming together on a Friday night to watch some nasty fucked up weird, uh, again, often like low budget or even just, just out there stuff that you wouldn't see at, you know, the the AMC, which again right. isn't necessarily true, but like it's this like grindhouse drive-in sensibility that I I totally agree with you that it, respectability is a huge part of it, and it's just that like tone that I think even if someone doesn't mean it condescendingly, because you yeah. the the person that you just did was like a condescending version of it. Yes. Um. Even if it's meant well, I'm just a little fatigued by it. I hear you. I'm I, just yeah. ready for for less of that. Yeah. I think there's a there's a there's a desire to respect the history and that's kind of like where i would agree with you i think i still i think i still really lean towards the um the, the trauma metaphors because sure. I, I love them um i just love a good metaphor i think that's where it like of course when of it course. all lines up for me i just get really excited by it um but i think i agree with you in that like i don't i don't want to remove ourselves from where horror comes from Absolutely. I think that's, that's become like if we can kind of use this transition into say, my journey. What's your what's your journey? Yeah, in the past five years? I I feel like when we started, I was so about the the modern horror, and I hated the eighty schlock, and I still think I don't love it as much as you. I still think that it kind of takes a little bit more to like. I don't love the gore. I think that it can be. It, it, more on the edge of silly and therefore not really allow me to like Mm -hmm. fully get invested. Um, But I have so much more appreciation now for the history of it. I don't know where that transition happened. I would love to actually kind of like go back and listen to old episodes and try to figure out like, where did this turn happen? Because I just genuinely feel like so many of the movies I didn't like that we watched in the beginning. I now if not love, at least like really highly respect. We're going to talk about this a little later. I know we have a segment planned around this. Uh, but one, for example, one comes to mind that I'm excited. I'm wondering if you're going to bring up later when we talk about, you know, reflecting on yeah. the movies we've watched. That's so interesting. Yeah, I think it's very, but it's fun. I think that like what I've really loved doing, I think this is what we didn't expect when we started this podcast is how much we have. I know, you know, we got to stick with the roulette sometimes there's been good and bad with that, but I think some of the most fun things we've done are when we have rolled something on the roulette and taken that as an opportunity to explore the franchise as a whole. And that has been like so unbelievably exciting to do, um, was, was, was watch these franchises that I've always sort of seen from, you know, so, so far away to really experience them and like now feel like even more of a horror fan than I was before, like a really like educated person in horror. Absolutely. I'm so glad you feel that way. I think that those have been some of my favorite episodes. And I also think, while we're strolling down memory lane, it's interesting to think about the way that we have changed our approach to that and honestly become such completists about it. I think about early yeah. on when we rolled Hellraiser Revelations, we had to go back and do Hellraiser, mm-hmm. right? You, you hadn't seen Hellraiser, we had to do Hellraiser, but we didn't do the whole Hellraiser franchise. Yeah. Or when we did the um, two most recent... Child's Play sequel, Mm -hmm. those films are inextricable from the rest of that franchise, but we didn't watch the whole franchise. We did watch the first one. Sure. We didn't watch two? I think we did just watch the first one. I don't think you've seen two or three or Bride of Chucky or Seed of Chucky. But it's so funny because I do love the most recent one so much. We talked about it with James. James Koski was a guest on the podcast. And we had a franchise conversation versus... Friday the 13th. <laughs> Friday the 13th. Which journey. <laughs> which was, was a roulette. We planned that in advance. We planned that the Shaw Factory box set was coming out. We were going to talk about the franchise. Right. Or rolling Saw and then doing a Saw episode and then a Saw franchise episode. We did roll Saw, yes. Yes. I couldn't remember if we chose to do it because no. it was like, it was like a, a beautiful it moment of It was a perfect moment yes. of like yeah. roulette synergy. Yes. That, again, let us do an examination of the full franchise over the course of two episodes. And we probably would not have done that when we started out. And I love that we are leaning more into that. We're going to run out of franchises, right? <laughs> yes. To do that with. And I think, but even... we're not even close right now. I don't think, I think we've got a ton left. Yeah. I, it's really exciting. I mean, we have also talked about some of them in recent screams 
we talked about when we watched all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we would necessarily do another deep dive into that. But no, because we've already done New Nightmare as, a, as right. an episode, and I think we we talked a little bit about franchise. Yeah, I think that like I, you're right that there's more opportunities for us. I just love the way that our approach to that has grown. And again, if I hope other people, I hope the listeners also like our franchise deep dives. I I agree. I, I we hope joked, so too. We joked a lot on the Saw episode that we could have talked about it forever. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, I think that since since our second Saw episode, like our Twitter has just been Saw memes. Yeah. Right? That's all we've had to contribute because like... There's a lot of really good ones right now, to be fair. Like a lot of people are talking about Saw and making good memes. <laughs> yeah. And it's perfect. I mean, I don't know that uh, if we did 10 Saw episodes, that would be... There's a balance, right? Yeah. And I I think that we've struck that balance so far. I'm interested to see how we continue to. Maybe if we reflect on this a few years down the road, maybe episode 200, we have gotten to the point where we've become the <laughs> blank... No, like the Blank Check podcast. Right. Which does like a director's filmography over the course of several months. It and, could like, happen. Who knows what the future holds? It could happen. Because you know what I was actually going to bring up? Speaking of um, things I was glad that I watched, but... And and we will probably continue to revisit this this director's work on this podcast, but but how like I, my my feelings of like glad that I watched it but didn't enjoy it of like Eraserhead yeah that that's such a good example and I think it happened several times um on this on this these past hundred episodes that there were things that I was like you know I cannot say that I liked that I can't say that it did anything for me I can't say that I would watch it again but. The joy that I now feel of being able to understand jokes yeah. and and bits and references and just be able to participate in that has been really exciting for me just as a horror fan. That it's like, you know what? I really love that we have become like completionists in terms of like, let's fully try. I mean, we've been doing even more historical work absolutely in the past year, I would say, than we ever did before of like watching Onibaba. Yeah. Like that was so, that feels so great to be like diving into, as we said, when we, you know, recorded that episode, like we're not horror historians, we're not film historians. So we couldn't really talk about it in like, well, and we're not trying to expect, be, but this is a po- like, this is a podcast we do for fun. It's fun. We're not trying to be like the last stop that you ever have to uh, go to, to learn all about Onibaba, right? Like, or Eraserhead, even. No, but it informs how we talk about everything else, right? Which I love. I agree. So we've been talking about a few movies, but I uh, I want to ask you, we, I mean, the, the difference between when we've rolled the roulette versus chosen. We've chosen some really excellent movies. We've also rolled some good movies. Do you have a favorite uh, of something we've actually rolled on the roulette? It's hard to remember. One, it's hard to remember what... What we, we rolled, rolled and what we, we chose. Like, there's some that I, I remember and some that I don't. Can I cheat and give two? I have three written down. And I imagine actually one of them will be the same one. We have I mean, there, we have an obvious I can give three. similar one, right? I can give three that we rolled on the roulette. Okay. What is the similar one? I'm curious now. Do you not do you not do you not feel like that there's a there's a really obvious one? <laughs> I'm afraid. It's mind games. Yeah. The number one. It was such a game changer. I feel like I, this can't be true. What episode was that? Do you know? I don't remember. I want to say it was like 30s, 40s. We watched it in 2017. I'm almost completely sure. 19, maybe? Oh, was it that early? Mind Games was the 19th movie we covered, so... Wow. That's so much earlier than I thought it was. Well, that's even just actually as, Just more... as a caveat for numbering, we this is our 100th episode. Yeah. We've done more than that. <laughs> yeah, we've had recent screams. Um, So I don't know that... Don't hold us any of these like numberings, but it was according to the list that we have. Yeah, it was our nineteenth one. Okay, that's even that's even actually lends even more credence to what I was about to say, which is that for me this is not true because we watched movies that I liked before this, but it felt like for me the very first time that we got really fucking excited about a movie that we talked about here. I know that's not true because again, like I think Reanimator was before that. Like I mean, we started with Scream too, right? right? Right, of course. So there was definitely things we liked before that, but for me, like looking back. That was when I was like, oh my God, we did it. The roulette gave us something. We watched it with all of our friends. Like, I literally have shown this movie to, like, five different people. I've rewatched it. I just, like, love it. And I, it's one of the, the things I love most about this podcast is that I feel like it gave me that movie. Yeah. And it's so special to me now. There's a couple of things that I'd put in that same category that I feel like it wasn't 
it really floored us. Even if we had maybe heard of it before. The other two that I think of are uh, Creep. Oh, yes. I think. I couldn't remember if we rolled it. Did we roll Creep 2 and no, decide? No, we rolled Creep, creep and, and then decided, decided to do Creep 2. Because that was an incredible double feature. Just like absolutely so special. And the other one is Cam. We chose to watch Cam. Did we? Yes, because it was new and we were really excited about it. I had the same thought, but we chose to watch it. I mean, it's know. it's it's one of the best movies we've ever watched for this podcast. Absolutely barn yeah. no question. And it's the one that I would like recommend that I feel like is really under the radar. Absolutely. Right? We don't need people to recommend... We rolled Poltergeist on the roulette. That was one of my, right? that was my third one was like, but that was so surprising Poltergeist because... is basically a perfect movie, but like, I don't think people out there need us to tell them. See, I do yeah? because I had never seen it. And I right. think that a lot of people, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm the only one who ever thought this, but I wonder if people feel the same way I do, which is like, it's missable. Like, I don't need to watch it. I don't need to like fill that blank, but I need everyone to realize and know that it's a fucking blast right. and... It's not missable. It's essential. And I think that that's why I have it on this list of favorite rolled ones, because it it surprised me so much and not the way that other small, tiny movies surprise me. Like, it's surprising sometimes to realize that a an old classic deserves that status, right? Absolutely. Is yeah. it ever killed to mention two more? No, go ahead. I, I have another one as well. Uh, Candyman? Yes, 100%. I think Candyman was another one. I thought that Candyman was good. And then we watch it, and I was like, oh no, this is fucking it's incredible. Great, yeah. <laughs> this is like an amazing movie that's dense and complex and really scary. Yeah. That I actually feel like that is more under the radar, probably less so now since we did that episode because there's a Night Acosta remake coming out, mm-hmm. and like that's gotten a lot of excitement around it. Yeah, it's, it's one of my most year. anticipated for sure. Um, uh, but I agree with you. I think it's actually the same kind of way where it's like, I've heard of this. I bet it's good. But like, I don't, I, I've never been motivated to watch it. And then such a, such a game changer. And that's another one. I don't know that we talked about it on the podcast. We might've, um, for Hootober, but we watched the Candyman 2, uh, Farewell to the Flesh, I mm-hmm. think. And that's a good movie. Yeah. It's not the original Candyman. It's sillier and it's, um, it's a horror sequel yeah. from the nineties. But like. I'm glad that I've seen that movie now. Me too. And I wouldn't have seen it if we had watched Candyman. And I'm glad that I have the context because I was going to see the new Candyman regardless. And I don't know that I would have watched the old one. Maybe maybe we would have been like prioritized it, but I don't know. And Given, I'm so glad now that we have. To your point, to our point about earlier, I think the, the horror fans that we are now, we absolutely would yes. have. <laughs> but before we started this podcast, maybe we maybe wouldn't not, have. We yeah. would have just gone and seen it. The other one I have, um, which kind of falls more into the mind games category because it's less that it was like as impressive as some of these other ones, but just because it was like surprising. And I still think about it as the den. Interesting. I think about that movie all the time. It really scared me. I know that like, as we were just kind of just discussing in the, in the retrospective aspect that like horror isn't always necessarily about like legitimately scaring you. Yeah. Like a, a movie can be so great and not have jump scares in it. But I remember watching the den and being like, this is genuinely so frightening. The way that it was done was so good and that it is a really well done, like, you know, scare quotes, found footage movie um, in terms of like, not just footage, but the recording of a computer screen that I Absolutely. know that the, I know that other movies have done it. Um, and I just feel like maybe I also love the den because I've never heard anyone else ever talk about it ever. <laughs> so like, I, that's another one that I'd be like, hey, if you, if you like internet horror, which I do, I think the internet's a very scary place and you can plummet for a fuck ton of scary shit. Um it's it's great for that reason. The last one I wanted to mention, and this is uh, less of a retrospective because we just did it, but uh, Cure, Kyoshi's Kurosawa's Cure, absolutely. is one of my favorite movies that we've watched. Again, we just watched it, so it's hard for me to like look back on it the way that I look back at like again Mind Games as a discovery or Candyman as being so much better than I had assumed it was. We just watched Cure, and Cure blew me away, yeah. and I still actually think about it pretty frequently, but it's fresher. Uh, again, one that I would recommend to everyone if they can get their hands on. And, they, and that's fun because that was one that, as evidence from my excitement when we rolled it, that it was like on my watch list. That was a movie that I was looking forward to watching. And then the roulette's magic yeah. served it up to us. And yeah. that's that's always, that's like why I never want to abandon the roulette. No, why, sometimes it's so great. You know, uh, It has given us some really solid picks. Not a lot of other podcasts do this like setup and I get it. I understand yeah, why. For a good reason. It, it can be frustrating and 
not that it's like our our one defining feature in the market of other podcasts you could be listening to, but like the randomness is really a blessing and a curse. Especially when we opened it up out of Netflix. Yeah. That was wild. It's been a wild experience. <laughs> so like, sometimes you get something that you're so eagerly looking forward to, and sometimes you get something you've never heard of that really surprises you. And I think that's been a really fun And sometimes journey. it sucks. Sometimes it does. Uh, what's your least favorite thing we've ever rolled on the roulette? <laughs> Uh, I mean, it. it's... Do we also have, a, like, a one answer for this because there's an obvious one? Yeah, it's not fun because it's Hellraiser Revelations. Yeah, it's the same one. It led us to Hellraiser, which means there is something good about it, but it is the worst movie I've ever seen in my entire life. And every moment that I've spent thinking about it and uh, whatever, like, is just a moment wasted. And it's unfortunate because I do think about it a lot because it was so bad. I do feel... I mean, five years ago we did... Like, it's not five years ago yet, almost five years ago. We did, like, an hour and a half just losing our minds talking about that. I do wonder if that would be one that would be fun to revisit, to do a rewatch of, and then podcast with James and be like, this is the worst movie we've ever seen. Let's... I don't think so. You know what does fall into the category? Um, one of my other least favorites we've ever done is Deathgasm. And I do think it'd be fun to revisit and continue to rag on. I have actually listened to, I will tell you, I've listened, re-listened to both those episodes and I think our Deathgasm episode is funny because we hate it so much, but we hate it in, like, a fun way. And our Hellraiser Revelations episode is just, like, we are just gobsmacked with how bad it is and how it makes no sense. And we're just screaming. Like... I bet we could have fun by revisiting it. That's sure, just an idea. Sure, I mean, yeah. Can I just say one more thing that I doesn't really fit into one of the categories that we planned, but that I thought of? And I'm putting you on the spot here, so if you don't have an answer, it's okay. Oh, boy. Uh, do you feel like there's anything that we got wrong? What do you mean? Okay. Uh, <laughs> when I think about all the movies we've covered on this podcast, and I think about the fun we've had, sometimes more serious than not, I think that we were wrong about The Wailing. I don't. We really didn't like that movie. And that is a very highly acclaimed movie. I know, and I don't get it. And I'm, I, maybe I'll revisit it. Right now, I, I, I can't. Oh, I, have I no can't urge, right now. I have no urge to revisit. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying we should. This is separate from what I just said about it'd be fun to talk about Hellraiser Revelations again. Um, it's just that the more that I hear people talk about that, the more I think, you know what? Did we, did we not really give that one the no. like fair shake? No. Deserves. Do not let Twitter influence you. It's not just about Twitter. It's just, I don't know. It's just I a mean, thought. I don't. And I, and I, cause I actually really, I, I can, and I can admit when I am wrong, that's actually our next category. If you want, if you are okay moving on from yeah, least yeah, favorite. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I have other least favorites, but we don't need to get into them. Um, if there were ones that like, it was a good revisit or it was maybe a movie that you loved before that you watched for the podcast and you were like, wait a second, this is worse than I thought. Or a movie that you're like, I don't like that movie. And then we watched the podcast and you were like, wait a second, that was great. You sort of already said that with Candyman. But I, mean, I, I hadn't seen that. I just made I can admit when I was when I've been wrong because I was wrong about Reanimator. Like absolutely 100% wrong. I listened to that old episode and I'm embarrassed of myself uh, getting so weird about like the gore and the fucked upness of it. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe that he like, I don't know, kissed his daughter. And now I'm like, that's... That's the movies, baby. Like, it's it's messed up. It's a horror movie. And uh, I can admit that I was... I I actually feel less wrong about this, but I, I did not need to go so hard for Amityville Horror with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. I know it's like the number... It's like our, our biggest sticking point of, like, when we were on, like, episode four of this podcast and we were like, was this a mistake? Are we just going to fight all the time? Um, and I still maintain that, like, I enjoy horror remakes, even when they're bad, because they can bring people to the originals. I mean, we just yeah. said that, right? With, like, a new Candyman's coming out. Let's watch the original Candyman. The new Child's Play came out. Let's watch the old Child's Play. Pet Cemetery came out. Let's watch the old Pet Cemetery. Like, remakes can lead people to the originals. I think, therefore, they have value. But, dear God, is that a bad movie? <laughs> and we did not need to, like fight about it as intensely as we did mm -hmm. just because I was very defensive of the Platinum Dunes bringing Universe, me to horror yeah. in the first place. Yeah, aside from The Wailing, which again, I think 
I speculate, but again, I have not revisited. The other answers are kind of in the same vein where it's like, I haven't watched this again, but I was probably harder on it than I needed to be, uh, was Baskin, which again, I didn't enjoy, but I think that now if we rolled that, I would probably appreciate more the ways in which it was like original and interesting and swinging for fences that do something different. It's bold. It was just gross. And we were upset about it. Absolutely. And I think that now I, now I'm in more position to be like, you know what, this might not still work, work for me, but like, at least it's different than, I don't know, the disappointments room. Just any of those really dumb, more modern horror movies we've talked about. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I think we were also, the other, the only other answer I have is, um, I think we were probably harder on the perfection that we needed to be for the same reason. That's, That's a fucking so wacky, nasty movie. And you know what? Like, kudos to it for being as out there as it is. It and still worked on us. Yeah, but I think we were... I think that I would probably revisit that more generously. Yeah. We, that wasn't a uh, movie that we eviscerated, right? Like, sometimes we really dunk on movies. Yeah. I think that I would probably revisit that with kinder eyes now. Sure. You know what? I, I don't know that... We didn't even hate it at the time, but I have a deeper appreciation for now, is Harbinger Down. Because of when we did The Thing, and there were all those connections between it, remember, about how The Thing ended up leading more into CGI, and then the people ended up working on Harbinger Down, and they were able to do all their practical effects. Yeah, exactly. Now I have such an affection for Harbinger Down, because it was like, it was like The Thing, too, that never got to exist. Absolutely. And it's like, I love it now. I just love thinking about it. It was one of those great moments of, like, the connectivity of the horror world that I just adore. Absolutely. Anything else you want to say about our the roulette and uh, our you know looking looking to the past? It's fun. There's so many movies that I barely remember, and I don't think that that's a bad thing. No, that's what I was gonna say. There's I know there's like a lot of really bad movies we've watched, but honestly, if I if I can't remember them, then can they have been that bad? Exactly. <laughs> like, there I, are some really bad ones, but like all of those possession movies we watched, well, like, like I have not heard a single fine. person talk about. Stonehurst Asylum since we did it and like that's okay because we watched Stonehurst Asylum and talked about it and like that's cool like it came up in the roulette and we did it and that's you know I don't have to think about it again yeah absolutely again not that I'm fond of that movie but like I actually am fond of that movie I would have never watched it and now I have I think it's fun I think that like this to kind of go back to the very beginning of the conversation like your appreciation for like horror schlock I do think that I still have such an affection for these like not 2000s, because as we've discussed, I hate the 2000s, but the 2010s, yeah. where I'm like, you were just like trying to make some nice horror movies for the people, and I don't always hate them. Sometimes I hate them, but sometimes I'm like, that was genuinely fun, and it had a good twist, and good performances, and it a little, it got a little spooky, and I got a little scared. I enjoy it. So the next segment that we have planned is trivia. I have wanted to do this to Evan for years. <laughs> uh, I think one of the things that we consistently talk about and love in these movies is talking about score. And so many of the movies that we have watched have uh, incredible scores. So good. Um, and so I have chosen six little snippets of music for you. And I would like you to guess... What movie they're from? So I have this. This is completely... I have no idea what this is. I am mortified <laughs> that I'm about to lose all my like horror cred. I don't think you are. Uh, or that I'm just going to be really embarrassing. So I'm terrified. So we're going to start and... I have trivia. And we're going to intersperse um, music with me asking Liz trivia questions about the films we've watched on this podcast and sort of some like stats-based stuff. So yeah. we're going to go back and forth. And I think that'll be fun. Great. I'm excited. Okay, I'm opening the first file. Okay. This is Blue Moon. This is a joke uh, for you because I know that we love this song. It's not a score, so it's, it doesn't really count. But I wanted to play you Blue Moon because I know that we both love okay. it. <laughs> yes, I do love Blue Moon. Are you ready for the real first one? Yeah, can you turn it down a little bit? It blasted in my ears. This right. is the real first one. This is technically really number one. This is reanimator. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, this is reanimator. I knew immediately. You don't have to listen to the whole thing if you don't want. I gave you plenty of time. I also I want to say I don't want to listen to the whole thing because I don't want to get sued. Sure. I will say um, that is the hardest one that I had to do in terms of like what 
segment of it to pick because the whole thing is so crazy and i love every second of it and i wish we I talked about that a lot on that episode thing. i believe we did because it's an amazing score isn't that uh guy someone i should have looked up who all of these composers were wow don't me to do that no okay <laughs> it's my turn to ask you a it question is, yeah ask me a question on letterboxd a site that does not sponsor us but is a website uh used by people who care about film mostly as opposed to like imdb which is uh, just for everyone and just a huge user base that I don't trust at all. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the films that we've done is the highest rated film on Letterboxd amongst Letterboxd community. What has the highest rating of the 98 films that we've done, which for the record for the listener, uh, episode 50 was our spooktacular and this is episode hundred. So we've only done 98. Uh, I guess not roulette films just like movies. singular films because yeah. our, our recent screams are always more than one yeah not talking about recent screams just talking about episodes that we that we did hmm the problem here is that like they're with letterboxd we've discussed this before off off mic um is that like the letterboxd community is a film community it's not like yeah. necessarily like the entire world and popularity in that sense we're not talking about popularity right. we're talking highest about rating, rating. Popularity is different. If you want to guess popularity, we can do that too. My thought is The Witch. The Vivitch the is Vivitch. fifth with an average rating of 3.9. 3.9. Dang. Okay. That's high for letterbox, but like low in general. Now that we're at that point, I would like you to try to do the top five. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually, it's amazing that I just nailed number five. Um, Is Poltergeist on there? Poltergeist is 12. Okay, so not top five. I'm not going to name everyone. That's the last one I'm going to give you the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Because Poltergeist was one I was thinking of that was like, I bet that's highly rated among like all people, but not necessarily Letterboxd users. I will be cutting out some of this thinking time. That's fine. Oh, The Babadook? No. Dang. Okay, wow. People are picky. <laughs> it Follows? No. Okay, so none of these like recent... How many Prestige more guesses do you get? horror movies. How many more guesses do you get? Five. Okay. Or no, I get like, I get two more. Two more? Okay. Yeah. To get four? You're not going to get all four then. No. I've already guessed three. That's why I'm saying yeah. I get five okay. guesses. You get two more guesses. If it makes you, here's a, here's a clue. Mm-hmm. Only the top two have a 4.0 rating. Eraserhead? Eraserhead is three. Okay. I don't know how much to lean into like old horror. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, do people love American Werewolf in London? Is that your guess? Yes. That is six. Dang. Okay. Okay. So I got three and five. What is number four? Number four is The Wailing. Oh, I should have guessed that. People love that movie. <laughs> it makes no sense to me. <laughs> number two is Onibaba. Shocking. Didn't know people loved it that much. And number one is Cure. Wow. You know, I saw those and I was like, I didn't think they were going to be that popular, but that's really interesting. Well, no. I should have known. I should have known Letterboxd people. Oh, man. All right. Letterboxd is good. It is sometimes. Cure could be number one. Don't. Be I think, no, it. it's, I'm quibbling with the wailing and I'm surprised at about Onibaba. Uh, any guess what the lowest is? It's, it's not hard. Is it Hilarious Revelations? Yes. Okay. Well, we've with, watched some shit. A 1.2. The next lowest is a 1.6 which is Shark Lake. Hellraiser I would Revelations, also say that's one of the worst ones we've watched. Hellraiser Revelations is the worst by a significant margin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's deserved. That 1.2 is uh, higher than it deserves, actually, probably. All right, I'm going to listen to another track. I love it. Track two. Oh. I'm embarrassed because I do know this. I definitely recognize this. What is it? You want to? You want to guess? I don't know. Think about it. It's creepy. Is it Poltergeist? No, that's a good guess though. It's not Poltergeist. Um. It's it's surprising because it's a better score than movie. Oh, like I don't I don't think you and I like this movie at all, but I think it's a 
banger score. The right? No. Can I tell you now? Yes. It's Dead Silence. Oh, fascinating. Yeah, but doesn't it make sense that it's like creepy yes, little kind I of like, like toy stuff? It's great. I would highly suggest if you have if you are not familiar with the Dead Silence score, go listen to that because the second after that track stops, it ramps up into like amazing. So just like go listen. That's awesome. Yeah. All What's right. your trivia question? Of the 98 films, numbered episode films that we have done, what is the highest grossing? Either by raw numbers or adjusted for inflation? Is it? It's the same? No. Oh, it's different. They are one and two uh, are, are flipped for yeah. adjusted for inflation. Is it? Is it Poltergeist? Poltergeist is the highest adjusted for inflation, okay. which means it's number two overall. Makes sense. It's Spielberg, yes. No, it's Toby Hooper. It's Toby Hooper. People think it's Spielberg. I knew it was one of the other two where it was like, it's someone and they think it's someone else. Yes. But it was still like a big, a big movie. Uh, So the the highest grossing now, like... No, the highest grossing in terms of if you look at the number, it is a higher number. I can tell you now. So Poltergeist made 121 million. Okay. In today's dollars, that's 223 domestic. So So also, I just want to say for, don't come at me. uh, It's really hard to get... Uh, older box office numbers uh, internationally, especially to then adjust for inflation. So the adjusted for inflation is just domestic. The quote-unquote highest grossing is based on the so best number less that I than find. $220 million then, yes, or it's higher. It is less than $220 okay. million. Again, Poltergeist was 121 and then 220 adjusted for inflation. This is 172 overall. $172 million overall. I don't want to tell you what is adjusted for inflation because it will give you a clue right as to how long ago it was is it ready or not that is a good guess uh ready or not made it's not even in the top 10 but it was it was it something that also looked up i'm just thinking it has to be recent and i'm thinking it probably is one more one of these like popular like new horror movies but i might be wrong should i have one more guess yeah don't overthink it it is a it is a big movie it's not like tricky it's more recent than Poltergeist. <laughs> I guessed that. Uh, Scream 2. It is Scream 2. Nice. I was. I, we haven't talked about Scream 2 a lot. No. That it's the first one we ever did, and it is one of the best movies we've done because it's one of the best movies ever. Scream 2 is the highest grossing. It is number two. It's 187 million domestic after inflation. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get quite the bump that Poltergeist does because it's, right. you know, 12 years later. Right. Good job. I'm, I'm really impressed you got that. Yeah, that was... I surprised myself because <laughs> I was really overthinking it for a second. Uh, as far as I can tell, Freddy vs. Jason and Saw are next, 116 and 103 million. It's interesting because I think in the grand scheme of things, those aren't that uh, high-grossing films. No. We have done a lot of much smaller things on this podcast. Yeah, we haven't watched, I think, some of like the biggest grossing horror movies. You say that, but... Uh, Poltergeist is one of the biggest grossing sure, horror sure, movies sure. I mean, ever in, made. I mean, in general, we haven't done like, you know, what was it that broke records? It was like It Chapter One broke yes. records and like, then what, something else broke that record that we also didn't really care about, I feel like. I think It is still the biggest. It Chapter One? I think so. Crazy. I say that I've seen that movie nine times. Is it time for another song? Yes. I'm, gonna, I'm embarrassed. Song. I'm not going to do well. No, I think you are. I think you're doing well so far. You're one, you're one out of, out of two. Is it Return of the Living Dead? No. Is that Right Era? No. Oh, it's a later one that's like sounding like that? Yes. Damn. So think about that. That's so carpentry. Yeah. I told you I was going to be bad at this. No, I think that you're on the right track. Oh, oh, oh. If it's carpentry, it's, um, it follows. Yes, yeah. it's, it follows. That's what I was like when you were like, it's not of that era, but it's trying to be. <laughs> yeah, specifically trying to be a John Carpenter score. Yes. Okay. What actor... Oh, God. Has been in the most movies that we've covered on Now Screaming. Oh, my God. There are two people tied for number one. Um, I would be shocked if you got one of them. But if you could name either. Holy shit. Can you tell me how many? Three. There are two people who have been in three films that we've done. And one of them you think I could get, and the other one you'll be surprised. <laughs> one of them I would be shocked because I didn't know his name, but I recognize him. Okay. 
One of them is a name you know. It's not... Is one of them, like, a, um, like, horror movie actor who's, like, like is scary looking and that's why he's in horror movies? Yes, that is, is the, the one who's named Is the guy from know. Gerald's Game? No. Oh. I thought we'd seen a couple ones with him, but maybe not. We There are a lot of actors who have been in two movies. Yeah. So maybe he's one of those. He's not much showing up right now. Yeah. Uh, this guy definitely is creepy looking in his cast in horror movies because he's creepy looking. Yeah. Is the other person, like, big? For a given value of big, you know this person's name very well. They're not like actor, not actress, or you're we're going genderless. I here. was going gender neutral. I was not. They're not Kate Beckinsale. We have watched two Kate Beckinsale yes. movies. <laughs> two, but not. But not three. three. <laughs> Dang. You're missing the big one who's been in two. That is our boy. Uh, the guy from Mind Games and Curse of Sweet Beauty, Ethan Peck. Ethan Peck, yeah. He's only been in two. <laughs> oh my god. I need a clue. Alright, I'll name the three movies that this guy is in. And actually, I'll name two of them, and if uh-huh. you can tell me the third one, that counts as a guess. Okay. Because, again, you don't know his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in A Christmas Horror Story, Dead Silence, and something else. I have no idea because the only person I remember from Christmas Horror Story is William Shatner. Uh, the Vivich, and his name is Julian Richings. Oh, looks- yes. Oh, yes. Oh, this yes. Man. He's fr- he's Death from um, Supernatural. That's I do know his name. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because he's Death from Supernatural. That's crazy. He's also he's in the Vivich. Apparently. Oh yeah, he's like the one the guy who throws him out in the beginning. He's in Saw Four. Yes. And he's in Cube, both of which are don't count. I do not remember him being in Cube. That's funny. Uh, who's the other one, though? You know, this, you know, it's it's a man. I have a couple clues I could give you. What kind of clue do you I want? I want, like, the the barest bones clue you can give me. Just, like, spin me around and point me in the right direction. <laughs> not a uh, horror actor, typically. I'm, I don't think you think of him as a horror actor. That's not saying that he's, like, against type or he's, like, fish out of water in the films. He is embracing being a horror actor. But I don't think it's the first thing people think of when they think of him. He is the lead of two of them unequivocally mm-hmm. and is a major character in the third. So it's not like it's not a cameo or anything. I just remembered another another two person. Who? <laughs> My other boy, PJ. PJ Ransone. Oh. Because he was in, yeah. um, what's it called? Family Blood and also Sinister. There's a lot who have been in two. If you want to name two, I can just name ones who've been in two if you want. No, 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 no. This is just making me think of so many movies. Do you need another hint? I do. Think? I think I could give it away. <laughs> think franchise. It's not Mark Duplass, is it? It is Mark Duplass. What's the third one? The Lazarus Effect. Oh my God. I do not remember he's in that movie. I would have said that he was only in two. Fascinating. He belongs in horror movies, in my opinion. I agree, he started to stray from them, and I'm like, your eyes belong in horror movies, my friend. Do you agree that that's not what people think of him for? No, them? no, 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 no. Yeah. Well, maybe it depends on who you ask, because I'm sure there are people who think of him from Creep. I think people think of him from his comedy work and his mumblecore work. Sure, mumblecore for sure. All right, another song. We're halfway through. Mm-hmm. This Return of the Living Dead? Yes. <laughs> I feel like mine are taking so much longer. I'm sorry. It's okay. I have a couple here that I actually want to jam in. That's fine. Um, one is, what do you think? I don't know what the measure is. I think it's the least people watched. What movie do you think is, according to Letterboxd, the most obscure? I feel like I do know this one because I think we talked about it at the time. What? I think it's The Happy House. It's not. It's not? According to Letterboxd's most obscure, which I don't know... Let me see. How did you, like, uh, discover this information? Do you actually want me to explain that? No. I can do it. So if you pay for a Letterboxd Pro account, you get to see statistics on um, basically, like, what you watch in a year, right? Like, everything that I'm talking about, like, who are your most watched actors and directors and, you know, where... I don't want to give away some of the questions mm-hmm. I'm about to ask, but, like, you can see all kinds of data. And since paying for Letterboxd, I have become addicted to it and <laughs> tracking my stats that I post on my Twitter every month. You yeah. know, like, here's where my stats are at. So what I did is I took every movie that we've watched for the podcast and I logged it for the year 2005. 
Oh my god. So now I have stats for my 2005, which is not my 2005. It's right. just every podcast movie and will be deleted by the time this goes live. But if you saw me logging every no, script movie on Letterboxd, <laughs> no, you didn't. So for the year 2005, this is logged as the most obscure movie that... I don't believe it because I really do think that The Happy House is the most obscure because I think that when we checked the reviews of it, there were like 10. Uh, but I and will... Just for contrast, the most the most popular film, mm-hmm. which again, I think is most watched and logged, is The Vivitch. See, that's why... Yeah, yes. I was like on the right track about that earlier. Most obscure... This is really just a throwaway, so if you don't have a guess... It... I The problem is actually I have too many guesses. Because I think there's a I'll bunch here. I'll give you one here. more. You're on the right track. Is it one of the really early ones? No. Hmm. I don't know then. The Charnel House. That is less popular than The Happy House? Apparently. There's no way. I trust your letterbox research, but I... I could cut this out. no way. If you no, don't no, no, believe no. it, if you think Letterbox is lying. I think Letterbox is lying, but I I appreciate the question. That was just a a silly little one, but let's go to, let's do another um song. Song. Wait, I know this though. I know you do. a very famous composer. <laughs> Let me know if you need a clue. Yes. I can tell you the, I can tell you the name of the composer. Yes. Can, it's Philip Glass. Oh, it's Candyman. Yes. It's Candyman. That was nice. We've talked about it so much. That's perfect. The I am embarrassed, one, The last one is a joke, also. It's a gimme. Oh. How many directors have we done more than one film of? Bonus points, you're getting the one that we have done the most, but I think it's obvious. But how many have is we done it? more than one? Oh, it's Wes. Have no. we done the most? No. Really? Wes is not the most. Wes is one of them. <sighs> uh, I'm not saying you have to name all of them. I mean, I'm guessing, I'm leaning into franchise here, I guess. For the record, I think oh, only um, one of these directors is somebody I don't think you'd ever name. I think the I'm actually going to go for number one. Our number one we've done many of is Flanagan. Yes. Because we've done three of his, yes? Correct. But how many have we done more than one? I'm guessing, I'm going out on a limb and saying six. Nine. Wow! We've really done some, like, director deep dives. Yeah, so so we've got got Flanagan, Wes, Mancini. Let me see if I can do a couple more. Three of them, we have talked about their films in the past ten minutes. I don't know. I guess one. One, yes. Yeah, because we did Dead Silence and Saw. Actually, technically, I did mention one of these man's films in passing, but it doesn't count. I'll tell you one of them is the director of Cube. Oh, okay. I don't know which that. doesn't don't know count that. for this. Right. But Vincenzo Natale did In the Tall Grass and Haunter. Oh, yeah. That's funny. There are three or four others. Uh, yeah, just go ahead and tell me the rest. I don't think there's anything else I can name. Trade Rose Schultz. Oh. It comes at night in Crescia. Yep. Padraig Reynolds. Oh, I... he did Worry Dolls or Dead Dolls or whatever. And Rise of Spring. Yeah, I can't believe you forgot. Patrick Bryce, who directed li- um, Creep I'm and so Creep 2. I'm so sorry, Padraig. Padraig yes. or Patrick Bryce? Padraig. I'm apologizing to Padraig. He's my best friend. And Anthony de Blasi, who directed Last Chiff and Most Likely to Die. And I did not know that those were the same person. I actually don't think we talked about it when we did no, that. No, and I would never think they were the same person because they feel like such different movies. Fascinating. So it's nine. I think that's pretty good. It's pretty interesting. I I hope we continue. I hope that list grows because I really love when we are when we go into deep dives of like a uh, 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 director's absolutely works. absolutely. We haven't done a Flanagan in a long time. I feel like for a while we were like really on the Flanagan train and we've stopped. And I would like to get back on. He started making television shows, so that's not really our fault. Well, Dr. Sleep, and we, I want to mention it later, we have not done what I would consider to be his best movie on this podcast. I can't believe we haven't done it. Dr. Sleep? Uh, no. We should talk about Dr. Sleep. I actually think that's a good... I hope that comes up on the roulette. <laughs> I hope his other movie does, which we will get into, but you should play another song. The last song of the trivia that I've done badly at. No, you have done... You've gotten every single one except for one. 
and you're gonna get this one. <laughs> this is Hello Zep from Saw. I could jam to this song like for hours. I was listening to this when I was cutting it. I left in like 40 seconds of this because I couldn't cut it down from 40 seconds because it is the I did most play exciting jam. Spoiler alert, if you didn't hear the end of our last episode, I did play it at the end of our last episode. I knew episode. that's why you were going to get it because I knew you had just listened to it, but God, is it a good song. God, is that a great fucking banger. score. God damn it. It's so good. I'm, I'm like angry about it, but it's so good. I think I retweeted something um, on the Now Screaming account to the effect of whenever this comes on, I know I'm about to see the stupidest shit I've ever seen in my life and fucking love and it. And I love it. Like, it's amazing. Oh God, I love it. Oh man. I love scores. You see, you got all of those except for one, and I—that was the one I really I hints, though, did not so. expect you to get. How? Last trivia question for me. Mm-hmm. How many countries have we done films from? According to this, which includes countries of production, hmm. which means sometimes a film could have multiple countries. Yeah. Um, but I counted them, and I—it's not my place to nitpick what Letterbox right. recognizes. Right. So, how many countries would you say? I'm going to just go for it and say 12. 24. Dang. Oh, my God. So I got half. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I was, like, overdoing it, but I think we've done a really good job of doing a foreign film on here. I think so. I think, again, it's complicated. Um, every Scandinavian country is credited with rare exports. <laughs> um, so, like, I don't know what to say about that. Yeah. But I feel like we've done we've done Asian, we've done a lot of European, we've done some Latin American. I keep I kept revisiting as I was going through all this. I kept revisiting the similars in my mind. I was like, that was such an interesting film that we did that one time. Like, I loved Is that doing Mexican, right? I think it's yeah, either Mexican. Yeah, it's Mexican. it had to be Mexican because it was about like the. the we've same done thing three that... Spanish films, and that's not one of them. So yeah, I think it's, I, I love it. I think it's great. Any idea which one we've done the most from? Don't ever think it. I mean, America, yes, right? Like, by a lot. <laughs> I, I didn't know if you meant like the one besides America. Seventy-two of our ninety-eight films are at least co-produced in America. What's our second? The UK with nine. I was gonna say it's something boring, like. The oh no! Sorry, UK. Canada with eleven. Then the UK. Do you have a guess on the highest non-English speaking? I don't. And I think it's just because I am clouded by we've watched a lot of Japanese more recently. Japan is only two? Mm-hmm. It's France. With Interesting. Six. And then New Zealand and then Australia. And yeah. That does make sense. We went through a New Zealand phase, I feel like, at one point. Dithgasm? Just all dithgasm and then the did room. That's trivia. That was fun. That probably took a while longer than we thought it was going to take. <laughs> well, I had to sit and think for hours. Yeah. Uh, by the way, listeners, that was half the length. Because Liz and we I cut out a thinking, lot. Thinking. Cut out a lot. <laughs> so now we're gonna look ahead. What's ahead? Ahead is uh some more roulette picks. Oh yeah. And I have two queries for you. I love to answer queries. The first is your. Uh, we're ha- we have fun names for these. First is your uh, fortune teller pick. So what do you what do you think we're gonna roll? You we now we've now rolled ninety eight things on the roulette. You know her. I we're do. familiar. We're we're friends. We're enemies. She's a part of our lives. She holds our fate in her hands. What do you think she's gonna pick? When I gaze into my crystal ball, yes, I see. Twenty eight days later. Fascinating. I love that. I don't know. It just feels like it's it's always on streaming. Yeah. It's around. It's in the consciousness. Yeah. I've never seen it. You've never seen it. I just feel like we're going to do that at oh, some point. Oh, I love that. Okay, that's a great pick. I love it. Yeah. When I gaze into my crystal ball, I see Truth or Dare 2017. Oh. Because I feel the same way that it's just like the roulette loves to give us like recent, but not that recent, dumb shit. Not good. Groups of ki- kids getting killed. Uh, It loves that. And it's on Netflix. So just like a return to like, you know, our roots. That's what I see for us in the future. I can see it. I can see it. I think that makes sense. What's your other question? My other question is if you, this is your genie in a bottle pick of what do you wish for? What do you crave? Do you yearn? What do you yearn for? Oh. Uh, this is. Roulette pick. This is hard because we can influence it by demanding that we do it. <laughs> Uh, are you saying it has to come up on it the roulette? It has to come up on the roulette. No, because we could have chosen these movies at any point. 
but we have not. The movie that I would like most for us to talk about on this podcast is a movie called Deep Red by Dario Argento. Hmm. Is it streaming? Yeah, it's on Shudder. Oh, Shudder. Also, I mean, like, a lot on Shutter. stuff can come off streaming sure, and go sure, back sure. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just at some point, I think that that would be a really fun conversation. Right. We I've... haven't talked about Argento on here. No, we talked about Mario Bava, but, like, I think that Argento would be cool. I think that would be a good one for us to dive into because it's, like, less famous than Suspiria. I think, and also, I think we've over-talked Suspiria. Just you and I personally, over the years, I think have over-talked we a, Suspiria. We as a culture have talked about Suspiria quite right. a bit. We've I agree that it. I think Deep Red would be more fun. Really, any Argento, I think that... Is Deep Red the one with the needles in the eyes? That is a... There's plenty of those. But is that... I don't know. Have you seen one with... <sighs> There's one that I've watched over your shoulder. I don't remember if it was Deep Red or not. It may have been a Lucio Fulci film. No, I thought it was Argento. What's the difference, really? I don't know. I, I mean, I know the difference, but Yeah, don't. I don't know. <laughs> Fulci loves Igor. Fulci's so horny for Igor. I thought, I don't know. We will, if we ever get to it, we'll talk about it, I'm sure. It's the thing with, like, the needles and they're pointing upward and oh, you close your oh, eyes. Oh, sorry. You're talking about Argento's opera. Oh, okay. You did watch that over my shoulder. Okay. That sorry. is an Argento film. You're totally okay. right. Those aren't needles. They're, like, I guess they're needles. They're They're, needles. Like, they're smaller. I was thinking of, like, okay. a needle going into an eye. I now understand what you... is a thing, Lucio Fulci. Yeah, yeah, Having yeah. the needles taped under the eyes is from so Argento's opera. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I would take that, too. I really like opera. Some people think it's really trashy. Um, you love trashy. Well, I watched all of Argento's films, save a couple, last year. That was one of my projects for, for 2020. And I think that I may like more of them than most people. But the bad of Argento's filmography is so bad. So I really hope we don't get... My genie model is for us to not get, like, Dracula 3D sure. or one of his bad movies. I think we can get something, like, really out there that is, again, under-discussed than Suspiria. Or, like, less discussed than Suspiria. Because then we can talk about, like, seeing some crazy shit on screen. Yeah. What is your wish? My wish is much more basic. We actually just alluded to this earlier that I um, I really think we should do Hush at some point. Like we Flanagan's should really Hush. just complete the Flanagan. And I think now is the right time to do it because there was a point where we were like obsessed with that movie. And I had I did, I did the same thing that I did with Mind Games where I watched it with like every single person well, that I knew. It was when it came out. Right. And we, we, whatever I knew was like loved it. We were all obsessed with it. I feel like it's the reason that a lot of us like continued on the Flanagan train of watching his television shows um, is that we loved Hush and we loved uh, the lead of Hush so much who is in his television shows. I talked about that film on Let the Right Films In. Yeah. Um, a podcast of our friends. We loved it. Very beloved. And now I feel like is the right time to revisit it and be like, do we still love it? Does it still hold up? Is it still my favorite Flanagan? Things like that. I think it'd be really fun. I'm not um, going to wish for it, but I, since you mentioned it earlier, I didn't plan this beforehand. I would love to do Dr. Sleep. I think that there's a lot of hype online in the film Twitter circles, specifically about the Dr. Sleep director's cut, which I haven't yes, seen. It's yeah. like 40 minutes longer. Yeah. Which is already uh, a pretty long movie. People are so hyped on Rose the Hat. People are so hyped on the Overlook. Yeah. Uh, I, I wish I could get more hype about Dr. Sleep. I love it as a concept. I'm reading the book this year. Actually, we should do it when I read the book because we can talk about it. It won't be a roulette pick then. We just said that we can't do the... Uh, no. Oh, you didn't the wish for it. Hush is my, is oh. my roulette pick. I we hijacked can do you. Hush and then we can do Dr. Sleep as a choice. The other one that I think that I would love to have come oh, up because... Oh, you get two wishes? Yes, I get two wishes. I get three. Genies give you three, technically. Oh. Um, or maybe we had three combined. <laughs> Sure. Um, the third one is The Conjuring. I can't believe we haven't done it yet. Uh, we are such James Wan, if not fans, uh, discussers. Uh, we talk about him a lot. We just we discuss him. We've seen a, a, almost all of his movies. Can we expose ourselves? Sure. We have not yet seen Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. No. Which at this point... We're bad horror fans. May, may be off HBO Max because it's been out oh, so long. Oh, God. Well, this is what I wanted to do is I want to watch all of them because I've yeah. never seen the second one. I loved the first one. Again, it's time to revisit it. I think I was really into it around the same time as Hush, where it's just mm -hmm. like 2015, 2016. I was just like super excited about it. Watched it all the time. Um, I would love to revisit it and see the second one and see the third one, not only because I would love to talk more about James Wan on this on this podcast because I find he has not a, gotten enough airtime fascinating 
uh, figure. In We've been our... ignoring him, really. <laughs> but I also want to talk about like the discourse of it, because I know there's been a lot of discourse surrounding The Conjuring 3, and I would love to form my own opinion about it. Those are some good pieces of magic right there. Yeah. Tell the future. Make, make some wishes. wishes. So what's next? Well, uh, I would love to continue doing kind of what we started doing this past year. Yes, that's when we started doing um, Recent Screams. Mm, last year. I, we covered Fantasia Fest last year. I really hope we're able to do some festival coverage this year. We were so... This was like one of the only things that was good about 2020 was that everything moved to virtual. So we were able to participate in Fantasia Fest, Salem Horror Fest... We didn't watch any horror, but we did um, do the New York Film Festival. Yep. I would love to do some of that again this year. And I'm really, really, really hoping that they made enough money last year through virtual cinema that we can do some coverage again this year. I agree. Because um, it would be amazing. I loved doing that so much last year. We we, we learned about so many amazing horror It was movies. exhausting to watch so many films the way we did. And again, we only talked about a fraction of the things we watched, but... It was awesome. I totally agree that that's, that's definitely on my wish list. Yeah. Same with awards coverage. I think we, we did that. We've done that for two years in a row, uh, Oscar reactions, and I would love to keep doing that. Maybe even expand it to some of the other... I think it'd be fun. If you are interested in more Oscar stuff from us, I, I said this at the time, I've said this before, and not to shame you guys, but nobody's saying that they are interested. <laughs> so No one's saying that they're not interested. Right. Let us know. And we can ramp up coverage. We probably won't if nobody is, like, interested. Mm -hmm. We understand that the Oscars are not exciting to a lot of people. Well, especially horror people. Especially in the horror We community. get ignored. We totally get it. That's fine. We accept it. We're not going to stop caring about the Oscars. <laughs> and then the other thing that I really want to start doing, I don't know how you feel about this, is we, we do this, I guess we started doing it a little bit more with recent screens, but we couldn't see movies in theaters last year. Yep. It was not allowed. And also was scary. Uh, and now that we're back to seeing movies in theaters... Just not The Conjuring 3, apparently. Or The Quiet Place 2. We haven't seen that either. We are being very bad horror fans. Um, Sorry, we saw Prano Bailey Bond's Censor at the That's at the true. Box. We're, we're cool horror fans. We're not seeing, you know, the... Big blockbusters. The blockbuster horror films. We're seeing indie horror films. Yeah, we're indie horror film people. Um, <laughs> I would love to do, like, um, more reactions to the big popular horror movies. The I mean, current like, thing going on. I would like to see The Conjuring 3 and I would like to weigh in on the discourse about it on mic. Because I think that's fun. That's what I like to listen to. I mean, yeah. again, please feel free to be like, no, do not talk about the discourse. I get enough of that from Twitter. I want to hear you guys talking about, I don't know, like 80s gore. Yeah. Uh, if that's what you prefer, we can also vibe with that. But like, I personally like to hear people talk about what's new and what's old. And I mean, especially talking about them in context of each other. Yeah. So I would love to start doing that to do more like talking about recent um, releases, because I'm hopeful that we're going to get some good ones uh, coming up. I don't think either of us were excited about the conjuring three or quiet place two. Um, but we got some good stuff. There's like, some really exciting ones later in out. the summer and in the fall. Horror there's going to be some awesome horror movies. Yeah. I personally really liked censor. I'm glad we saw it. Would you recommend it to our audience? Yeah, go see it. It's on. Uh, it's on VOD now. You can you can watch it at home. It's really interesting. It's not perfect, but it is it's... unique in a way that I fully applaud. I agree. Same same feelings. I'd like to make merch. Oh my god! I think that would be a cool thing to do next, maybe later this year. Please, please, please tell us if you would want merch and what you'd want for merch because I have visions right but the alternative is that we make merch that only we then wear of our own podcast <laughs> right. which is not that cool it's not cool but i will do it if i'm forced i will do it i will wear but if you would wear now screaming merch let us know so that we can justify purchasing it <laughs> creating merch that we yes. will then wear are you ready to spin the roulette find out what Number 101 will be. I would love Which, again, to. is number 99, which, again, is, like, number 150. Don't, think, don't nitpick. You know? Don't nitpick. It's fine. Why don't you pull it up and see what we can find? What do we watch it on again? Real good? Real good. I can find the link, but I don't feel like it. What if it's one of the things we just wished for? I will scream. Please don't. This is an audio medium. <laughs> Our next movie will be... The Terror. 
I don't know what this is. I am interested. It's from 1963. Sorry, this is a Roger Corman movie that IMDb says uh, was directed by Francis Ford Coppola, uncredited. What? What? It stars Boris Karloff and Jack Nicholson. I would not think of those two people making movies together. <laughs> Where is this streaming? It's streaming on Amazon Prime. It's always Prime. Prime is such interesting Prime stuff. Prime has so much stuff. Guarantee this is a terrible print, but I can't wait. <laughs> the Terror. The Terror. I like that the poster says, who is the Terror? Who is the Terror? That's Boris Karloff looking like Frankenstein is who the Terror is. <laughs> Surprise, the terror is Frankenstein. Would you like, for our listeners, would you like to read the logline for this movie? A young officer in Napoleon's army pursues a mysterious woman to the castle of an elderly baron. Sounds like a Boris Karloff movie to me. Is is Jack Nicholson in Napoleon's army? I can't wait. He's the the right age for it, right? He's young. Sorry, I just looked at a still of this and he is quite hot. Uh, I'm picturing picturing like Little Shop of Horrors. Yes, that is the age. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, The Terror. I'm excited. What a fun way to break off another hundo. Yeah, I love it. Going back in time. Yeah. All right. Until then, you can check us out on our website, nowscreaming.com. And on Twitter and Facebook at Now Screaming. Be sure to tell your friends. Be sure to leave a review on your podcatcher of choice so that people can find the podcast and talk to us online. We love it. I just want to communicate. I want to talk. Thank you again to everyone who has listened at any point, even for just a minute. Though, if you're listening to this thank you message right now, you have listened to many minutes, many minutes of this episode, at least, if not the podcast as a whole. So thank you mm-hmm. so much. I don't have words for how much I appreciate you. The fact that you guys want to hang out with us at all and talk about horror movies and listen to us talk about horror movies and just be a part of a conversation about a really special art form yeah. is very meaningful to me. I just realized we forgot to talk about this, but we have a big list of recommendations as well. Oh, a huge list of recommendations. I cannot wait to dig into some listener recommendations because we've gotten such fucking good ones from you guys so far. I think we need to figure out a way to start alternating um, like roulette picks and those and stuff we want to watch that's like topical. I agree. It's just, we got so many good recs that we like do want to do them all and need yeah. to find a way to fit it in. Because... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Racing Screams will help. I think Racing Screams is a great way to do that. Absolutely. So thank you so much. Keep them coming. We love the rest. Absolutely. 100%. Don't stop. Thank you to Jonas Seleka for our theme music. To Anna Campbell for our logo. Keep it so so strong for so many, so much time now. And thank you, as always, the return. Thank you to Wes Craven. For everything. For everything. All right. Until next time. And for another hundred episodes. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Stay spooky.